It's Monday, September 10th, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, this is our weekly Monday Bible study and call to prayer. Today, we are continuing our study on the book, Basic Christianity by John Stott. Josh Caldwell, our international director, will be leading us through chapter 8, The Salvation of Christ. Last week, Herbie taught on chapter 7, The Death of Christ. We poured through scripture to talk about the life and death of Jesus and how Jesus going to the cross to die is for our sin, but ultimately for the glory of God, our Father in heaven. Today, as we look at the salvation of Christ, is the end of part 3 of this book. When we hear the title Salvation of Christ, to be honest, I thought this could take uh, many directions and we could do many podcasts about this topic. We could be talking about the gospel call on our life. We could be talking about being chosen, being born again, conversion, justification, adoption, sanctification. And we could have a whole list that we could dive deep into when we talk about salvation of Christ. But today we're going to look at a passage of scripture. We're going to look at Nicodemus and his questions to Jesus. John Stott starts off his uh, this chapter on page 131 with this. Salvation is a wonderfully comprehensive term and is a mistake to think that it is simply a synonym for forgiveness. God is as much concerned with our present and our future as with our past. His plan first to reconcile us to himself and then to liberate us from self-centeredness and bring us into harmony with our fellow man. We owe our forgiveness and reconciliation to the forgiveness of Christ, but it is by his spirit that we can be set free and in his church that we can be united in a fellowship of love. These are aspects of Christ's salvation which we must now consider I love that paragraph, and it really gives us a setting from which we are going to read John chapter 3 today in Nicodemus and Jesus' response. So let's read John uh, chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Gary Burge, who wrote the NIV commentary on John, states that no doubt Jesus and Nicodemus talked into the night, and not just for a few minutes. So this text is a picture of a conversation and its context. Nicodemus came at night, which is an in, indicates he wanted a discussion in private and may have wanted to be discreet. And, and as I was discussing this with my 10-year-old son, he said this. He said, Dad, I think Nicodemus came at night because he did not want to be seen by other Jewish leaders. And this is could be extremely correct. I mean, this could be the reason, but it also could be because he wanted an uninterrupted time with Jesus. Nicodemus calls him teacher here and makes an important statement, tying him to God, saying that no one can do these things unless God is with him. Now, as we look at verse three in this chapter from John, we see a core 
truth that we are really talking about today, right here at the very beginning of John. This is verse three. It says, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is really our focus verse today. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be born again? It is a spiritual rebirth. To be born again means to be born anew spiritually. Our first birth on this earth is our physical life, as we know from our mother's womb. But the new birth, the spiritual birth, is a membership into our family of God. When we are brought into that family of God, to be born again is to have the spirit of God transform our hearts. Our hearts will be transformed to the love of God and a desire for holiness and righteousness. We live in a world that says there are many ways to experience heaven or to get to heaven, but we know that there's only one way through scripture. We know there's only one way we can come to God and experience what it means to be born again, to be new spiritually. And this is found in John 14, Verse six, he is the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father except through him to be born again is through repentance of our sin and faith in Jesus Christ. There are many places in the Bible that clearly teaches us about our salvation in Christ. And if you are listening to the Defender podcast today, you are most likely that Christ follower. And I want to share with you today to reflect on these verses. Let's take a few minutes to think about our new life that is in Christ. I think it is important for us as believers to dig deep into Scripture. And it's also important for us as we read these verses that we've heard many times to make them anew in our heart, to bind them in our heart so that we can recall them in our times of need and we can recall them as we are speaking of the truth of God to others. So I'm going to read a few verses here and I'd love for us just to reflect on these and, and what these mean in our life today. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before him that we would walk in him. Titus Chapter three, verse five, he saved us, not because of the works done by his by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Romans 10, nine through 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 1 Peter 1, 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. 
The old have passed away and behold, new things have come. Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Colossians 2.13, when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions. That is a that is a few verses that really show us the salvation that we have in Christ. And I pray that those verses that we can pour over them as we are learning more about the salvation of Christ. And even if we've read them in the past and responded to them in faith, that we would continue to hide them in our hearts. An illustration that I use with my kids to talk about salvation is imagining of God in a courtroom and that we have put our faith and trust in Christ for salvation. And in doing so, he not only makes God not only makes us right before him as we trust as we trust and put our faith in Christ, he not only makes us right before him through justification, he makes us right. Um, he saves us from an eternity of separation, eternity in hell. He saves us from that, but he also saves us to something. He saves us to the family of God. He brings us into his family through adoption. It's like God, it's like God, he steps down off that bench where he is the judge and he comes and stands beside us and he says, you are not only made right before me because of your faith and trust in my son, Jesus, he took on your sin for you, but he, now you are a part of our family and he takes the ring off his finger and he places it on our hand and he takes his robe off and he puts it around us and we are now a member of his family. And when I talk to my kids about that, you can see their, the light go off in their head about this picture of how God's goodness and, and through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus, and then we put our faith and trust in him, we can have the salvation and we can be born again. We can be born new. And what does it mean to be born again? And I love to see another verse here in, in Ephesians 2. It says, among whom all once lived in the passions of their flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in his mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive. He made us new together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. You know, we started off this little section here by looking at verse three in John chapter three, John three, three. I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And we look at the next few verses in John. We look at these this kind of next section of, of verses four through 15. I want to lump all that together um, for our time today. But and there's a lot here that we could look through. And it talks about we must be born again in the spirit. Uh, but I want us to look all the way down at the end of these verses at verses 14 and 15. Um, in these verses 14 and 15, Jesus is, is using this as a comparison to a story in the Old Testament in Numbers. 
And we probably all remember this story. It's from Mount Hor. They set out by the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom and the people became impatient on their way. And the people spoke out against God and against Moses. And they said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water. We loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord and he will take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people and they and the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent to set on a pole and everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent, if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live in his in this story, the serpent on the pole In this story in Numbers, the serpent on the pole was for people that had already been bitten. They already had the poison in them. The snakes were there because they were because the people of God were not trusting and they were showing their rebellion. They were uh, murmuring and they were showing that they were rebellious to God and Moses. And God chose in this moment to make a way of rescue for them, for those that had been bitten. All they had to do in order to be saved from the from their poison from dying was to and from God's wrath was to look at the provision that he provided by hang, hanging on the pole. He made a way. And we know there are all places all over the Old Testament pointing to Jesus types of foreshadowing everywhere. But Jesus here, he doesn't skip this picture in the Old Testament. He draws from this story and he goes out of his way to choose this to help Nicodemus understand this idea of salvation. Um, And as we see in this chapter and in these verses in John, being born again is a work of the Spirit of God and it requires our faith in Jesus. John Stott in his chapter asked the question, can human nature be changed? And the answer is yes, but only by the Spirit. Stott says at the bottom of of page 135 in this chapter, it is through his death on the cross that the penalty of sin may be forgiven. It is through his spirit making his home within us that the power of our sins may be overcome. Through salvation, not only did we have an eternal change, this eternal life being changed in us, but we also had a change in our relationships. God's plan is to restore our relationships with one another as well as himself. So I want us to end with uh, the next few verses um, in John chapter 3. And this next verse is John 3, 16 is, you know, one of the most popular verses in all of scripture. And we see this everywhere, even in our secular culture, we see this verse posted places. And it is a very powerful uh, section of verses. It's one that we want to reflect on today as we end. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already 
because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does this true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So today, I want us to reflect on this truth of salvation and being born again in these verses in John chapter 3. I would encourage you to read that this week as you go through your work and your home life. Read this with your family. Reflect on what it means to be born again in Jesus. The truth that salvation of Jesus has transformed our hearts and our relationships. And so our question for today is this. Are you living today as if you have a transformed life? Are you living as if Jesus transformed you? And are you are your actions toward the people around us displaying that transforming work of Christ? Well, thanks, Big Daddy. And this week, we are praying for the country of Ethiopia. We are praying for the country as they are reevaluating adoption laws and intercountry adoption. We're praying for the Ethiopian government to find an ethical solution for the children in need of care. We're praying for our unadopted opportunities in the country of Ethiopia and specifically in partnership with McLean Bible Church in uh, Northern Virginia. We're praying for the Department of State's commitment to continued conversations with the Ethiopian government. We're praying for the remaining few families still finishing their adoption process. And we're praying for these adoptive parents' hearts to be bent to continue to seek out education in preparation for adoptive parenting. We're praying for supernatural patience and endurance for these adoptive parents as they continue an extremely long and difficult process. And we're praying for families in post-adoption. Uh, we're praying for their adjustment period and their transition to new family dynamics. And we're praying for attachment to grow within these families. And we're praying that these families will implement the tools they learned in crossings and other trainings in their lives and in parenting their children. And one of the many opportunities that we have right now is to care for children who are being crammed into government orphanages. And so we want to pray for those children, that the Lord would uphold them and would sustain them. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would help the government of Ethiopia and the people of Ethiopia to come up with an ethical, long-working uh opportunity for children in care in Ethiopia. Father, we just would ask that if, if it be your will, that you would open up the doors to adoption in Ethiopia again, and that you would do it in such a way that it would be ethical and, and that it would go well for the children and the families in Ethiopia. We're praying for those families who are still waiting. We're praying for patience and perseverance. We pray that you would surround them with your great love. And we're praying for those families who are already home and those children that are already in their families through this post-adoption process, that you would surround them with your love and your grace and that you would show your character to them and these families each and every day. And Lord, please, please, please be with these children that are crammed into these orphanages, these government orphanages in Addis and throughout the country of Ethiopia. And we just ask that your church would raise up, would be risen up to care for these children in need and in so doing to show the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in your name we pray, amen. 
Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.